Hey folks, welcome to episode 8 of a Pebble in a Pond podcast. Merry Christmas everybody, and uh, happy holidays if you if you don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, and whatever else you do celebrate, happy that or merry that or whatever it may be. Just in general, I hope you're doing well. We're going to start this episode off a little bit differently than really any episode probably. But I'm going to go ahead and as... As many of you know, I usually do quotes and things like that throughout the episode. We're going to start this one with a pretty long one. We'll just go ahead and uh, we'll start it with one of the most Christmas things you can do. This is perhaps the most famous Christmas poem of all time. It's a little long, but it's worth it. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When, what to my wondering eyes did appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now, Dasher! Now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled! His dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Merry Christmas to all, 
and to all a good night. For those of you that don't know me that well and have just found me either on TikTok or on any of the socials or on uh, just on the podcast, uh, I, I feel like I should give a warning for the rest of this episode and uh, for full transparency. I am not, as they would say, jolly. I am not somebody who necessarily uh, enjoys everything about this holiday. Um, that being said, uh, I have tried very, very hard for the past week to um, build up to where I can make this episode enjoyable and fun. Uh, we are going to touch on some of the bad stuff. We are. I'm, I promise. I, I know I've said that in a, a few of my other things. We are going to touch on a little bit of it just because I want people to understand what the holiday means to everybody uh, in terms of that. Um, but I promise you uh, it's not going to be all depressing and stuff. I, I just, just give it a listen and give me a chance. Um, as far as that poem goes, I can't think of anything more Christmas than that. And for me, I can't think of any other, any better way to start this episode. So without further ado, here's the music. So we're going to start this episode with a story of my youth, my childhood. Um, I will uh, preface the story by saying um, I am not, (laughs) it is one of those stories that you look back and you you realize just how silly you were, how stupid you were as a kid, but um, I, I don't know a lot of people that have this story. I haven't heard a lot of people tell this story before, so I guess it's not a universal childhood Christmas story. But I, I don't. I, I really don't remember how old I was. Uh, I want to say I was probably about seven or eight when this happened. I was. Let's put it this way. I was old enough to know better. <laughs> I was old enough to know better. But I was. Uh, I, I. I apparently didn't. This is also a, a story. Just so that we. This is like the uh, start of my supervillain arc right here. So when I was a kid. You know, my, my parents, especially my dad at that time, uh, my dad was the kind of dad that uh, enjoyed buying toys. And I, that, that transferred to me. He, he enjoyed going out and buying me toys. Um, it was because he got to play with them, right? Like, it was, it, that was fun for him. Uh, and so it was one of those things where Christmas, I mean, our Christmases, even though we weren't like a rich family or anything like that, my parents really went all out, like... The, the, the tree was, you know, beautiful for a whole month, and the, we had a whole living room that was full of presents, and and every every Christmas morning we would walk downstairs, and there would be a, you know, a, the whole room would be full of toys and things like that. It was, it was, uh, a fantastical. I mean, it was it was insane. Uh, now that I think back on it, and now you know when I when I say those things, uh, it. Uh, 
it it makes it sound like we were really well off. We really weren't. My 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 parents like basically spent the year paying off credit card debt so that they could then spend up their credit cards on on Christmas. And uh it wasn't uh it wasn't the most financially uh uh responsible way of handling Christmas, but I think that the the joy and wonder that they saw in me and my sister when we walked down those stairs, um, it, it, it was worth it for them. I, I really do believe that. And as a father myself, I can, I can definitely understand it. Um, and there were, you know, we had multiple Christmases where it was, it was, it really was, it was like walking into a fantasy land, walking down the stairs. And the way that our house was set up is you would walk down the stairs and you would turn to the right. And that was our, our family room slash living room, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, it was a, you know, it was a decent sized room and it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, where we would sit and listen to music and things like that. And, and that's where a Christmas tree was. And, uh, when I tell you it was like, you couldn't walk in the room some Christmases because there were just presents everywhere. Now there weren't just, they weren't all presents from my parents. They were presents from family members and things like that as well. But it was a fantasy world. It was, it was crazy. Um, anyway, the the point of that was not to you know explain how spoiled rotten I was as a child. It was to explain that Christmas had a very special significance to my parents and to our family for a long time. I didn't I didn't become the Grinchy Grinch that I am now um, by any any uh, anything my parents did. My parents definitely tried to instill in me how great Christmas was. And, um, you know, I, I had a relatively, I guess, average upbringing in that sense. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, Christmas was never, didn't have any negative connotations for me. I didn't really, it wasn't really until I got older and became a parent and realized just how difficult it was that I started to really kind of get a, a kind of a bad feeling about it. Um, anyway, we'll get, we'll get to that in a little bit though. Um. So this particular Christmas, like I said, I think I was seven or eight. Uh, my parents had gone out and been shopping. You know, they, I don't know how long they shopped for. I never really knew anything about that. But uh, I assumed they had been shopping for a while. Now, the reason why I say I was seven or eight <laughs> was because this had to be, uh, well, maybe I was, maybe I was six. Yeah, maybe I was, it was six or seven, not seven or eight, because this was uh, shortly after uh, Empire Strikes Back had come out, probably probably, probably a year or so after Empire Strikes, Strikes Back came out, and the reason I know that is because, well, well I'll explain in a second, um, so I had, um, I had found, I had discovered through my explorations in the house some hidden gift stashes, if you will. See, my mom would oftentimes, we would, you know, they would go shopping and then they would come back and my mom would, you know, spend an hour or whatever wrapping the presents right away. She didn't, she didn't leave, you know, presents unwrapped. She wrapped them all. And then as, as we would find out, uh, me and my sister would find out that my mom and my dad had multiple little places that they would stash gifts so that we wouldn't see them until Christmas morning. And I, I think, I think, you know, I, I don't know if it was my sister that started it or me, but 
it became kind of a challenge to like find all the little stashes. So, uh, I was, I was, I, I want to say I was six or seven. Yeah, I had to be. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really trying to remember. I, 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 this is a part, part of the story that I was like, I don't need to research that. It happened to me, but I really don't, remember, <laughs> I don't remember my own life that well, apparently. Um, anyway, so I was, I was about that age and I had come home from school and at this point in time, there was like a, there was a real fever, right? You know, Christmas, we knew Christmas was coming. We knew that, you know, we knew what we had asked for. We knew what there was, you know. And so there was this kind of, uh, well, you know, it's important to understand when me and my sister would find these uh, gift stashes, we would spend, you know, we, we didn't like linger on them, but we would spend a few minutes looking and say, you know, okay, that could be this or this could, what is that? You know, we wouldn't shake them or anything because we didn't want to mess them up, but uh, we would, we would poke around a little bit, right? And we didn't always find all the stashes. They, my parents definitely knew more about the house and where they could hide stuff than, than we did. But uh, anyway, my dad had apparently, or my mom, I guess, had used uh, my dad's closet as a, uh, as a stash spot. And I had come home from, uh, I had come home from school early. You know, now that I think about it, though, now that I said that out loud, I don't think I did come home from school early. I think that school was actually out because this was shortly before Christmas. I think we had actually started our, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure we had started our, uh, our Christmas break. This was like the first day or the second day of our Christmas break from school, and my parents had gone to work, and so I was there basically alone. I don't know where my sister was. I don't remember. Either way, the way this story goes is basically I find the stash. I know where the stash is. I go to my I go to my dad's closet and I'm I'm poking around. And and I'm I'm really poking around. I'm like digging in there trying to see what's all in there. And there's some really big boxes and stuff like that. They're all wrapped. So once again, I was very young. So in my uh youthful exuberance I start to think, well, I could just peel, I could just pull a little bit of this right here. I like, just see what it is. You know what I mean? You know, I, I, the, the, the anticipation was killing me. The, the fact that I, you know, I'm not really good with surprises. I really wanted to know what it was. So I start, you know, kind of peeling a little tape here. And now here's something that else is very important for this. My mother is a like gift wrapping savant. She's like, you know, this stuff is like locked down tight. She's, it's beautiful. Like the, every box is like perfect. She, the bows are perfect and everything. She's, she's really, really good at it. So, uh, it's not exactly easy to get into these packages. It's not exactly like, even when you, like, even when you're just trying to rip them, it's not really that easy. Cause she's, you know, the corners are all like really good. Like she's, she's got this down. And, um, so I'm, I'm really trying I'm I'm genuinely trying, like looking, looking, picking up each one of these packages, shaking it, you know. And I'm at this point in time, I'm kind of, uh, and not I'm not really thinking about where anybody is or how the you know, and uh, nothing, nothing's going through my head. But what's in these packages? So I end up, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it, and I'm so embarrassed to even tell the story now. My mom's gonna love this. Um, <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm. I don't remember what it was exactly, but I was kind of looking at it and I was feeling like I was rubbing my hand along the side of the package to try to feel for like, 
you know how I don't know maybe you guys don't really know what I'm talking about but there's like a, uh, when you feel certain packaging you can feel like oh well there's a piece of plastic here and there's cardboard here and I can it was really scientific at the time so I was trying to figure out what this particular box was and as I'm rubbing my hand along it my finger just goes through the wrapping paper and I I just like just rip right into it and I don't remember what it was now. I don't remember. It was a Star Wars toy. I know that. I don't know what it was in particular. But my finger just goes right through the wrapper. And I like rip it right across the front. And I'm like, oh no. And I, I, I panicked. I, was, I didn't know what to do. So I, I, turn the, I turn it around. And I put it back in the closet. And I start putting everything back in. And I'm just, I'm, I'm completely and totally panicked. So... I put everything back, I put everything, you know, I do my best to, like, and I go about, I go about my day. My parents come home, the day goes by, nobody says anything. So I'm thinking, oh, man, I got it. I, like, they're, I'm slick now, they, there's no way they're catching on to me. I thought that I had, I think what I did is actually put a piece of tape, now I'd put a piece of tape across it. Now, the reality was, is that, they just didn't look at it, right? Like, why would they look at it? It was hidden in the closet, and they didn't think I would exist. So I had just taken a piece of tape and, like, put it across where I'd ripped it, and I thought I thought that they were coming home and, like, checking everything, right? I thought that, you know, they were, and that the, they had just skipped over that one or missed that one, and I thought that I had, I had pulled one over on them. So the next day, I get back into the stash, and this time I just lost control. I just, I just started opening gifts. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I just was like, okay. And I'm, and the whole time I'm thinking, well, the tape thing worked so I can, I'll just, I'll just rewrap them all. I'll just open them up and then I'll rewrap them. Well, I don't know if that worked out the best way I possibly could have. So I, <laughs> I, uh, I opened up and it was basically just like, it was like six Star Wars toys, and I remember there being a bunch of action figures, and I was, I mean, I was like, I was the happiest person you could imagine, and I was like, I'm getting all this stuff for Christmas, like, it was all for me, right, I knew what it was, and and so I was so excited that um, I didn't really think about uh, step two of the plan, so I ended up having this big pile of uh wrapping paper now keep in mind my mom like I said is a, is a wrapping savant so this is like I had I had undone like an hour worth of wrapping work that she had she had done and there was just wrapping paper everywhere so I pick up as much as I can and I take it out and I put it in the outside trash so that nobody will know where it is and and I'm I've, I put all the toys back in the closet think I don't know what I was thinking maybe I was thinking that like she just, like, they just wouldn't notice that they were on, maybe, maybe, oh, she just needs to wrap them again, she just forgot, I don't, I really honestly don't know what I was thinking, but I put all the stuff back in the closet, and I was just, you know, I was, I knew the secret, I was so excited, I knew the secret, and, uh, <laughs> so stupid, I was just so, so stupid, and I, I think I did try to wrap some of them, but then I quickly gave up on that when I realized that there is no possible way, because I didn't have any wrapping paper, what I had was the, the ripped up wrapping paper that I'd already taken off the, the, the toys. So my parents come home, my, my mom comes home, and she is panicked. 
she sees she sees I when I had when I had carried the the wrapping paper out I had literally left like a trail of wrapping paper and I guess I guess I just was just not that bright I don't know but uh my mom thought that somebody had broken into the house and had stolen the gifts out of like had taken stuff because there was just this like line of wrapping paper all through the house there was just like and it, what it was was I just had little hands and I couldn't carry it all so I was I was dropping it and I didn't think to go back and pick up the little pieces because I didn't notice them so my mom thought that somebody had come in and stolen our gifts so she freaks out and I, I don't know if she called my dad or my dad was on his way home or what the deal was but my dad gets home and it turns into this whole thing where obviously they you know they figure out that it was me and I I have to fess up to it and I get in trouble and well the story doesn't really have a happy ending because all the toys that I I had uh I had sneaked and looked at ended up uh, I actually I think my dad took back like most of them to the store like he took them all back and and returned them so I I ended up getting a few of them but my uh, my Christmas that year, uh, since I had spoiled it for them, uh, they kind of spoiled it for me. Uh, I did not get all of those toys. I did not get all of those things. Um, and it really sucked. It really did suck. <laughs> but it did teach me the lesson, obviously. Like, I knew I knew at that point in time that I had done something wrong. But I uh, I remember that Christmas very well because, first of all, I'm reminded of it by all of them on a regular basis. And second of all, um, I remember it being the first time that I really was like, because the gifts all were, were labeled to blank from Santa. And I thought that was weird because literally up until that point in time, I would have fought you if you told me that Santa wasn't real. And I was wondering why my why my parents had all these gifts that were from Santa, why they had them already. Did Santa already drop them off? And I think that maybe that, that maybe played into why I did what I did because I, I, Santa was magical, right? Like he, he could easily like do it again. Like it wasn't that big a deal and he wouldn't mind. I don't know. I really don't, I, I can't put myself in that, in that mindset anymore. I don't know why I did what I did, but I did ruin Christmas. I, that was the first, my first Grinch moment. I literally stole the gifts from from my family. And uh anyway, so that's that's my that's my strongest childhood uh Christmas story. And, and don't get me wrong, there was like I said at the beginning, there was a lot of really really good um Christmas memories from when I was a young child that I I I hold mostly those moments of wonder and seeing the look on my parents' face when I would come around the corner and they were so happy. They were tired. They'd been up all night, but they were happy. You know, they got to see us in these these this moment of just sheer wonder and joy, and it was, it was nice. It was it was really nice. So moving on, <laughs> after that uh, that tale of woe, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in another quote here that I think is uh, important for this next section that I wanted to get to. Um, everybody. Everybody has their favorite Christmas song. Everybody has their favorite Christmas tradition, things like that. But uh, I asked a few people what their favorite Christmas song was. And, and it was interesting because for me, uh, my favorite has always been uh, Little Drummer Boy. 
and I don't know why. I, I think um, I think I just like the the message. Um, but for a lot of people, uh, it's White Christmas. And I, I actually asked my girlfriend what hers was. She said White Christmas, and then she said anything by Bing Crosby. And I thought that was funny because uh, I had actually been researching this episode, and you know, it's funny to say researching a Christmas episode, but I really had been. And uh, and I, I had come across a, a quote from Bing Crosby where he said, unless we make Christmas an occasion to share our blessings, all the snow in Alaska will make it white. And I just thought that was funny that, you know, people people don't tend to think about the fact that, uh, well, I guess I should say people look past the fact that um, Christmas has a specific meaning to a lot of people. And that meaning is, you know, not necessarily going out and buying a thousand dollars worth of gifts for a child or, you know, going out and it's, it's taking care of people. It's, you know, the reason we give gifts and the reason that we, we, you know, have feasts and things like that is not just so that we can keep it to ourselves. All right. That's the whole point of this. And, and just to, just to nip this in the bud, when I say that's not the whole point of this or the, any of that, uh, I'm not going to get into the whole reason for the season kind of thing. I'm not. This isn't about uh, the the religious aspects of Christmas, and I understand that that may be offensive to some people. Um, I, I I understand, you know, Christmas. I get it. I do. I totally understand. But that's not that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, people people that aren't Christians can celebrate Christmas, and can get just as much out of it and and enjoy the holiday just as much as as a, as a Christian can. So I want to make sure that's clear. I'm not, I'm not disparaging anybody. I'm not trying to take away from anybody. I'm not, I'm not saying that it doesn't mean this or it doesn't mean that. What I'm saying is that it can mean all of these things, right? Like Christmas doesn't just mean one thing to one person. And, and just because they said it, everybody else has to follow suit. Christmas means so much to so many people. And that's in a good and a bad way. And that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the the, the few good things and, and some of the bad things that come from these different ways of looking at the holiday. But I think in general, something that we can all agree on, and we don't all practice it, keep that in mind, is that we should be taking care of those less fortunate um, around Christmas time and, and really looking out for um, people that maybe can't look out for themselves. I think that that's maybe one of those lessons that is kind of lost in, in the ultra consumerism that comes with Christmas, people get so caught up in the tradition and the, the buying of gifts and, you know, Oh, I got to get something for this person. Oh, I got to get something for that person. Oh, I got to get something. And really, uh, and this, I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, like sometimes you just want to hear from that person. Sometimes that would mean more than all of the gifts, all of the money, all of the you know, sometimes it would just be nice to know that that person's thinking of you and if possible, spend a little bit of time with that person. Um, that's what Christmas is, is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about family and friends and appreciating. It almost is like, a a Thanksgiving 2.0, right? Like, like th- we think of Thanksgiving, as long as you're not indigenous, you think of Thanksgiving as a time for celebrating your family and friends, right? It's the same basic thing. Um, and I think that, that Christmas is, you know, a much more universal, a much more widely accepted version of that. Obviously, there's more. There's obviously more, more context. But at the end of the day, it comes down to 
appreciating and spending time with your family, your friends, and then helping those less fortunate. I remember reading a, an interesting take on this. I think it was by uh, Craig Ferguson, the comedian. And I don't, I, don't, I don't have the quote here. I don't remember exactly the context of it. But I think he said something about um, commercialism and capitalism being really good for the holiday, being really good for Christmas. Because the more we inject uh, those, those aspects into the, the, the holiday the more spiritual he becomes about it. And I thought that was funny because, you know, that's kind of how it's been for me. The more, um, the more I've felt pressured to go out and buy and spend and, you know, put, put stuff on credit cards. And the more I've felt the, the pressure to do those things over time, the, the, the less I've cared about it. And the let, the more I've cared about the, the ideas that are really important in my opinion uh, to Christmas, and that is, you know, showing showing the people in your life that that you value them and that you love them, and that you want to spend time with them and you care about them. Um, and I think that that really, you know, when you think about the time of year, it's cold outside. You know, you the whole you, in every song that talks about that. You know, it's about huddling close together and staying warm by the fire, and and all of these things that uh, you know. In today's modern world, we tend to forget where a lot of this sentiment comes from. But you know, we we forget that to our own detriment. We forget that to our own folly. And we, instead we focus on the, the ultra flashy, brand new, make sure you get this thing, make sure you got that thing. And that's really not what this is all about. That's really never been what this is about. And it, it, trust me, when I say that, it's very difficult <laughs> because I feel the pressure and I feel the pain. Um, this Christmas in particular has been, is going to be very difficult for me because of all of the life changes I've recently gone through and the losing people in my life and so on and so forth, it's been, it's been really, really tough for me. Um, because like I said, you know, as, as time has gone on, I've moved away from the forcibly, but I've moved away from the, the, the pretty, you know, capitalism and commercialism of the holiday and, and it's become more about the people. And so when you come to the holiday and you realize that you're down some people, right? Like, and that goes for, you know, anybody really, like we're, we go into these holidays and we celebrate, but we, are then forced to remember the people that have have gone, whether it be you know passed on or have just left your life. It's um, it's really difficult. It's really really tough. And what that does is it is it makes you feel alone. You can be in a room full of people and you'll still feel alone, because a lot of times we tend to focus on uh, what we don't have, in spite of what we have. Um, you know, we look at, we look at, and you know, e even as a, as a child, uh, people tend to do that. Even as children, we do that. You know, we think of, you know, think about how many Christmases w you would go, you would, you know, have, and somebody w down the street would get whatever toy or whatever thing. And everybody would be like, oh, oh, you know, and they'd all be jealous of that thing that they didn't get while also receiving you know, 10 toys or whatever it may be, you know, you get, you get however many gifts and they're all great and you love them. And then you walk outside and see what somebody else has. And you're like, ah, I wanted that. 
and then you get that jealousy. But the reality is, is that, you know, it was a blessing. You were, you were blessed to get the things you were get and, and you are lucky to get those things and you should appreciate those things. And, and that includes time with your family members and, and, and appreciating your loved ones. You know, we're not, none of us are immortal. And it's important to remember that as you come through these holidays and you really want to stay present and appreciate the time that you have with the people in your life because you never know where they're going to be or, you know, if they're going to be there again. We take that for granted. We, we genuinely take that for granted. And uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we do that because it's... People, people come and go in your life and you really don't understand the impact that they have or that they have had until they're gone. And it takes a lot of being present and mindful to, you know, focus on that when they're there because you always just assume they're always going to be there and they're not. So consider this. If you're listening, consider this a reminder. Hug the people that you're with on this holiday. Call the people that you need to call. Send the love that you need to send to make these people in your life appreciate and understand how important they are and how much you truly care about them. Because this is the time to do that. That's what this holiday should be about. And just because you don't know somebody doesn't mean that you can't reach out, you know, doesn't mean that you can't, when you're walking down the street, when you're going to the store, when you're doing whatever you're doing, you know, when you walk outside on Christmas morning and you see your neighbor, make sure you wave, make sure you wish them a a good holiday and don't, don't do it in a, in a, you know, a fake way where you're like, Oh, happy holiday, Steve. Like, don't, you don't need to do that. Just go out there and genuinely you know, care for them. If you made some cookies, go take them some cookies. If you, you know, whatever it may be, you just, just take a few seconds out of your day and, and really genuinely wish somebody a good holiday, a Merry Christmas. It, there's, there's no amount of joy that you could bring into the world around this time that isn't going to be appreciated. The sorrow, the loneliness, and the the feeling the feeling of loss that so many people feel around this time of year, myself included, almost every year I I, I go through uh, severe depression um, because of this holiday, and it is very very difficult. So if you can reach out, if you can take the time, if you can, you know, have a kind word, give a hug. Oh dear Lord, give a hug if you can. It means so much. It means so, so much. A hug, a hug is, is everything on Christmas. It is, it, is, it is what Christmas is for me. Hugging my mom, hugging my family, eh, that's what it's all about. I don't, that's what, that's what brings tears to my eyes, is hugs. I had, I had thought a lot uh, last week when I was thinking about this episode and how I wanted it to go. I had thought a lot about, you know, what I wanted to include and, and how I wanted it to go. And what I decided was I'm going to try to keep this short. I, I had, I just did like an hour and almost 30 minutes in the last episode. So I, I don't want to take too much of people's time, uh, away from, 
celebrating the holiday. So what I want to do now is I'm just going to run through a few things that, I mean, some a lot of people know these things. Uh, I'm just going to run through a few things really fast, um, just to you know kind of throw out some little lesser known facts maybe about the uh, about the holiday. And then I, I do have something I want to say uh, before I end the end this episode. Uh, so just stay with me for a few more minutes while we go through this. I, I thought this. I thought some of these were kind of interesting. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they aren't. But I thought that it was interesting. Uh, for instance, that uh, Jingle Bells, the song Jingle Bells, was not actually written as a Christmas song. Uh, now it's synonymous with Christmas, but it was originally written as a uh, Thanksgiving song, and I thought that was interesting. It was uh, Jingle Bells was was actually written by a man named James Lord Piermont in 1857, and it was for a Thanksgiving church concert. And I thought that was that was interesting. Something you know, when you think about the words and things like that, you know, it doesn't specifically say Christmas. So I just thought it was interesting. Another another interesting fact that uh, I actually knew this, uh, and actually I I know I know a friend that actually uh, confirmed this for me. Uh, he was Japanese, and uh, uh, I thought this is funny. You know, we here in America we do we do all sorts of things that are you know, kind of weird and things like that for Christmas, our, our traditions. But um, we, <laughs> in in Japan, uh, many, many, many families celebrate uh, Christmas with uh, KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, they actually, uh, this has been around since uh, the, the 70s, 70s or 80s. And um, it, uh, it all started with a marketing campaign by KFC. And uh, it worked so well that it is now considered a tradition in Japan to, and they they uh, they do the same thing as like like Popeyes does when you order like Thanksgiving chickens from them or whatever they they do like the Cajun chickens you can order them in in advance. People literally go to KFC and order in advance for their Christmas feasts, and they'll have big big giant Christmas buckets of chicken and tenders and things like that. I just thought that was funny. I. I know that some people know that already. If you know any Japanese people, you may already know that. But I actually, I, I just think that that's hilarious that, you know, we go through, like, I'm going to be making a big a big brisket and I'm going to be making a, some chickens and, I'm, you know, all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm putting all this effort into making this stuff. And, and if you're Japanese, you just, you know, buy KFC. But one of the things, one of the, these, some of these facts that I saw, what, what I found was interesting about them was that, you know, a lot of the traditions that we have around Christmas um, aren't actually like they, they, they're, they came along way outside of Christmas. Like the things that we do, the ways that we celebrate, like, like for instance, Christmas stockings. Um, they didn't actually like, like, I guess, I guess it's impossible to really say like the, the first Christmas, you know, but, but the, uh, the custom of, of hanging, uh, Christmas stockings actually didn't come around until the, you know, early 19th century, like the 1800s. Um, so that was actually a, a pretty late addition, if you think about everything. And uh, supposedly, supposedly it comes from this, like, legend of St. Nick putting gold coins into uh, the stockings of, of these three poor sisters. Uh, they couldn't they couldn't afford anything, and, and he would just drop these gold coins, or he dropped, not, he didn't do it all the time, but uh, he would drop gold coins into their 
stockings so that they could, you know, they weren't poor anymore, basically. Well, they were poor, but, you know, they, they could afford something. Um, no, I don't know. I didn't, I actually didn't go into that whole background. I was, I was really just looking for some, some little morsels and, and I came across that one. I thought, well, that's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know, things like stockings and like, uh, like, uh, Christmas trees. Uh, that's not something that's always been there. And actually, um, one of the, like one of the most famous Christmas trees in the world is the, uh, the Rockefeller, uh, center Christmas tree, you know, the giant tree that they put out in the middle of New York and, and it's, you know, world famous now. People literally travel to see it being lit. And, uh, what's interesting about that is that the first one, it wasn't a big tree. No, like we've, we've completely like, you know, created that, like, that's just something that we made up because, you know. We just like in America. We just like things being bigger and bigger, I guess. But the first, uh, the first uh, tree that was ever put there was just put there by some construction workers in 1931, and it, w- it wasn't even decorated. It was just a Christmas tree that they put in the middle of the center, and people just liked it so much that actually, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, it was undecorated, and it just sat there, uh, and people would literally come up and put ornaments on it. They would just, you know, come up and hang stuff on it. And that for that happened over the course of years. Like, people just started putting stuff on the tree until they were like, "Hey, people really like this," and the tree started to buckle because of all the stuff people would put on it. I just thought that was an interesting thing, and also a, a statement to like what community does, right? Like, it's kind of cool that people would just start putting stuff on it because they wanted it to be pretty for the holiday. But the other part of the the, the tree thing is that's that's Germany. That's the tr- Christmas tree tradition comes from Germany from, um, I can't remember if it was the 15th or 16th century. I think it was the 16th century. Um, and that used to, they used to be, you know, you would go cut down a, tr- a live tree and then you would decorate it with, uh, these small actual like lit candles. So the, the lights that would be on your tree would be candles at the end of, you know, the, the boughs of the tree and, and, and the branches. And it, I just thought that was interesting. Like, Imagine that today. Imagine how many houses would burn down in America if we started putting candles in our trees. Another interesting little tidbit that I thought, a lot of people know this already, but I've always thought it was really funny, was, you know, I started this this episode with Twas the Night Before Christmas. Well, another name for that poem is A Visit from St. Nicholas. Well, that poem uh, was the basis of a a marketing campaign by Coca-Cola in 1931 and that marketing campaign was so successful and uh, became such an important part of uh, American history that if you go out and you ask most people what Santa Claus looks like they will describe to you that Santa Claus and when I say that Santa Claus I mean the one from the Coca-Cola marketing campaign like that's that's literally the imagery that people have in their head is the Santa Claus from a Coca-Cola ad. Before that Coca-Cola ad, it, that if you went out and you asked people in 1930 or 1929, there would be a varied opinion on what Saint Nick would look like, on what you know what Santa Claus looked like. But after that kind of that marketing campaign, it kind of unified the vision of what. <laughs> what this character looked like to people. And I just thought that was funny, you know. You want to talk about the power of marketing. 
Santa Claus is the perfect example of that. And the last, uh, the last little tidbit I have before I go into this next segment, and the reason I'm using this is because it feeds to my next segment, um, is uh, <laughs> I hope I hope that many of you have seen the Christmas classic movie Miracle on 34th Street. Um, it is it is pretty much a must must watch, and the original one. Not not I mean the remakes are fine. I guess I don't know. I haven't watched all of those, but the original one. Um, well, in that movie is there's a young girl in the movie, and that young girl is played by Natalie Wood. Well, Natalie Wood is a famous legendary actress in Hollywood now, but uh, when she was when she was playing that little girl, uh, she was still very much uh, a believer in Santa Claus. And the actor who played Santa Claus in Miracle on 34th Street, his name was uh, Edmund, Edmund Gwynn. And uh, he would show up to work early and get into full makeup. The man didn't have a beard, but he would go to makeup and he would put the beard on and they would, you know, he would full Santa Claus himself out and go on to set. And one of the reasons that he did that was because Natalie Wood believed in Santa Claus. And so this actor would show up three hours early, four hours early, and get into full makeup and then go play Santa Claus on set. And she didn't know. She had no idea. She thought that Santa Claus was working on the movie with her. And uh, I thought <laughs> I thought that was a really sweet story. Like, it wasn't until they did a cast party and Edmund Gwynn showed up with no beard on that she even for a moment thought that he was an actor she she spent her entire childhood making this movie or a, p- a portion of her childhood making this movie and and really thought she was working with santa claus the whole time well, the reason why i say that feeds into this next seg- segment that i wanted to do and this will be the last thing that we talk about today um i wanted to talk about santa claus and i wanted to talk about santa claus because um it for me there's a there's a i don't know it's tough for me because I'm somebody who values honesty, painful honesty, most of the time in my life. And Santa Claus is one of those times where I have found myself kind of going back and forth. Now, if there's any children listening to this, I want you to know that uh, what I'm about to say could be upsetting. So... um I, I I think that I, I think that I will get back to where the message that we should have here, or at least that I have here, um, and I think that it's a good one. And so I'm not going. If if you are, are somebody who is open minded about what your children understand about this world, then let them listen. For many many people in this world, mostly adults, Santa Claus is not real. Uh, I went through a long period of time where I didn't believe in Santa Claus. And I, I would, you know, like I said earlier, when I was telling that story, when I was younger, I would have punched you in the face if you told me Santa Claus wasn't real. But as time went on and I grew a little bit older, got my teenage years and started to, you know, be a a shitty kid, I, you know, I started to see the, the cracks in the, in the case, if you will. I started to see that there were holes in the whole story and it, it didn't really bother me. It was just another one of those things that, you know, you know, well, parents are lying about it. So 
I didn't really think twice about it. I just accepted the fact that there was no Santa Claus. And that that went on. That went on for a long time. I, I just I just didn't didn't care at all uh, about the, the legend or the story or the feeling or anything like that. And I can honestly tell you, as I sit here right now, on Christmas Eve, finishing this episode, that um, I didn't care at all until my son, uh, when he was probably four years old, said, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. And that hurt me in a way that I didn't, I never would have expected it to. Um, I was still pretty young. I mean, I was a young father. So I want to say I was probably 25 when he said that. Maybe, maybe 24. I don't know. But, um, it, it hurt. It hurt to know that I hadn't been able to kind of carry on that tradition from my parents. That they, they worked so hard to really make, my mom especially, to, to, to kind of instill that wonder of the, of the holiday and that, that, that legendary like feeling of Santa Claus and you know, him coming down the chimney and all this stuff. And I had lost that. I had lost the ability to, to transfer that into my children. And it, it really bothered me. Um, it was one of those traditions that I, I never really thought about valuing ever once until it was gone and I couldn't do it anymore. Now, what I'm going to say here is probably not what most people would expect somebody like me to say, but I genuinely feel this, and this is, this is uh, as honest as I can be. Santa Claus is at once not real and a complete fabrication and one of the most real things I've ever I could ever even begin to understand now let me explain that the Santa Claus that we all know the Santa Claus that is sold to us in the Coca-Cola marketing campaigns and the Santa Claus that you know we like to focus on and think of or even the Santa Claus that, you know, some people want to point out, oh, well, it's pagan and this and that comes from this and all that and all that. None of that's real, right? Like, it's all just a made-up concept that, that people want to push on you and they want to sell this and they want to use this. And, and in general, even if you, you know, are somebody that really appreciates those things, some part of you has to, you know, agree with reality that this is not a real character. This is not a real person. But, and this is a big but, I I don't believe that's the end of the story. I I don't believe that the idea of Santa Claus is fake. And what I mean by that is, you know, parents throughout this world spend so much time, so much money, and so much energy trying to push this you know, what some people would consider a lie, onto children. Why? Why do we do that? What is the point of it? And I, I, like I said before, I, I never would have understood it until my four-year-old told me he didn't, you know, he knew that Santa Claus wasn't real. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean Santa Claus isn't real? See, we, we put so much time and energy into it because the idea of Santa Claus... The idea of this this mythical figure that 
goes from house to house spreading joy and goodwill and happiness and um you know gifts gifts that 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 bring those things to you you know they they make you feel special you know he has everybody's name he knows if you've been good or bad you know all of these things make you feel special they make you feel important santa came to your house you know this 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 character from myth and legend cared enough about you to bring you that toy or to bring you that those toys whatever it may be and there's something about that when you're a kid there's something about that when you're an adult we all want to feel special and we all want to feel remembered and we all want to feel like we matter and on this day the this around this holiday is one of those times where we can do that for each other and so is the santa claus that that we push on children and that we have in all of our marketing and things like that is that the santa claus that's real no no he's not but the santa claus and the spirit of this holiday and the spirit of this christmas holiday is is very much real and very much alive and very very important and so when my kids for years even now even now and they're all 20 plus now um even now when they say you know santa claus isn't real all this stuff i'm like well why'd you buy this stuff then why do we why are we giving these gifts to each other just because that guy isn't coming down the chimney doesn't mean he's not real santa claus is me santa claus is you santa claus is all of us santa claus is the spirit of this of this holiday season of gift giving of of showing the people around you how special they truly are that's what santa claus is to me and so when people tell me they don't believe in santa claus well i imagine they're just talking about the the marketing campaign but i hope every time i hear that i hope that it's not that they just don't believe in the spirit of this holiday because let me say this and and i can't I, there's no way you can't see my face you don't you don't understand how important this is for me you don't know uh you don't you you can't necessarily read my emotion through uh, the audio but the spirit of this holiday is exactly what i'm trying to capture it's the exactly what i'm trying to bring into this world it's what the the pebble in a pond is all about the idea that we can make these special these one little special changes these these little these little moments think about that think about how one gift one moment one hug one look on this holiday on this day can change the course of somebody's life think about how important it is that you are able to reach out and hold the people close to you one more time on this holiday before before they're gone before you don't see them again think about all the time that you spend you know in it watching movies and, and and trying to get yourself in the mood for the holiday and trying to bring yourself up and you know trying to fight the depression and trying to all the things that we do to try to make this special all of that is santa claus and I know that that's kind of, you know, kind of out there for some people. And I know that some people might disagree with that because they want to be literal about it. But I'm telling you, we are all part 
of the legend of Saint Nick. All of us. We are all here to, to be that person. We are all here to spread that joy. And we are all here to push this world into that moment. The little bit of happiness that we can we can bring to others. It's it's everything. You know, my favorite my favorite Christmas movie and the I guess Christmas moment in a Christmas movie for me is the end of the movie Scrooged with Bill Murray. And I, every year I watch it. I usually watch it alone, but sometimes I'll watch it, you know, with others. But um there's the end of the end, end of the movie where he, you know, he says it's it's not too late on Christmas Eve to have fun. You can call people that you haven't seen. You can call a college roommate. You can call an old army buddy. We can, you know, reach out to people. And then he goes in and he, he's, you know, Frank Cross, the main character, he starts talking about, you know, you can do this and you can do that and you can... He starts singing Christmas carols. And he says, how did that happen? And he says it happened because it was Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. It's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer... We smile a little easier. We cheer a little more. For a couple hours out of the whole year, we are the people we always hoped we would be. It's a miracle. It's really a sort of a miracle. Because it happens every Christmas Eve. And if you waste that miracle, you're going to burn for it. I know what I'm talking about. You have to do something. You have to take a chance. You have to get involved. There are people that are having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people out there that don't have enough to eat. There are people that are cold. You can go out and you can say hello. You can, you can to these people, you can take an old blanket out of the closet and you can say here. You can make them a sandwich and say, by the way, here. I get it now. I get it now. And if you give, th then it can happen to you. The miracle can happen to you. It's not just the poor and the hungry. It's everybody who's got to have this miracle. And it can happen tonight for all of you. If you believe in this spirit thing, the miracle will happen, and then you'll want it. You'll want it to happen again tomorrow, and you won't be one of these bastards who says Christmas is once a year and it's a fraud. It's not. It can happen every day. You've just got to want that feeling. And if you like it, and you want it, you'll get greedy for it. You want it every day of your life. And it can happen to you. I believe in it now. I believe it's going to happen to me now. And I'm ready for it. And it's great. It's a good feeling. It's really better than I've felt in a long time. I'm ready. Have a Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, uh... I didn't really intend to do a whole scene there. <laughs> but... It really is a special scene for me, especially this year. I'm 48 years old, and this is the first year that I've felt that to my core. So, I'm going to leave you all, folks, with that uh, moment of uh, <laughs> pure thespianism. Uh, like again, I did not mean to do that, but it's on tape now, so... Uh, I hope everybody has a good holiday. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. 
Uh, next episode, we're going to talk about, shockingly enough, uh, the fact that it's going to be New Year's and what that means. Um, as much as I may have a dislike for certain holidays, Christmas being one of them usually, um, there isn't a holiday that I hate more than New Year's. So don't expect a lot of really happy thoughts about New Year's. Um, but I, I <laughs> we will talk about the idea, and not just about New Year's, but about the idea of, you know, the fresh start, the renewal, the the starting again. And we're going to go through and we're going to talk about, you know, what that means for a lot of people. So that'll be our episode nine. Shockingly enough, I've done this nine times now. Uh, well, I will be doing it nine times. Um, and uh, I really do appreciate all of you coming along for the ride. Make sure that if you haven't followed me on TikTok that you get a chance to get over there because I've been putting out two to three videos every day, trying as hard as I can to, to stay up on it and, and get as much positivity and love and light as I can into this world. Um, I'm going to keep working on this. I'm going to keep trying to build this up. And I hope that everybody that's listening understands that, you know, this isn't this isn't a flash in the pan for me. This is what I want in my life now. And I want people to really start to feel the change in themselves. And you might as well do that this holiday. You might as well do it now. So thank you again. Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.